0: Let's get this party started. So uh, it's about 6.30 in the morning on uh, 7 April, 2018. It's a pretty significant day today. Um hosting a high noon veteran honor ceremony <clears throat> for my boy, Eric Sola, corporal type, the United States Marine Corps, KIA, uh, April 4th, 2003, during the invasion of Iraq. So we got a lot of people coming in from around the nation to see his plaque go up on Mount Soledad, which is pretty cool. Um, and I am having the privilege and honor of hosting that. You're gonna see a lot of uh, old friends and, and a bunch of Eric's family I haven't seen in a while. So um, looking forward to that. But <clears throat> thought I'd uh, take that motivation and uh, go ahead and start this podcast. So um, today is gonna be more of a uh, kind of an introductory, tell you a little bit about myself and what you can expect from this podcast and to just kind of, um, uh, kind of test things out, see how to work this stuff. So bear with me. I have no idea how long it's going to be. I'm going to try to keep it fairly short and concise. And, uh, you know, that, and that goes for all of these, uh, podcasts I do in the future. I'm not going to have a set time for them. Um, I don't, you know, we're going to have some pretty cool discussions, hopefully. And, uh, Maybe uh, go on to some tangents and, you know, let it fly sometimes. And then other times, hey, maybe it's going to be 15 minutes. Maybe that's all the topic warrants for that day. So we'll find out. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I got my Bulletproof Coffee ready to go and uh, go ahead and get started. So, oh, for those of you all don't know what Bulletproof Coffee is, it is a uh, kind of brain food coffee. Take your uh, coffee and uh, put about a tablespoon of grass-fed unsalted butter. I use the Kerrygold type, which is pretty common in the stores these days. Um, it's really good butter. You spin it up in a magic bullet for about 10, 15 seconds, and it. Uh, maybe put a little coconut oil in there if you want. I don't uh, sometimes, but other times you can. And uh, yeah, it's, it tastes like coffee and creamer, but it's uh, much more healthy and, and uh, feeds your brain a little bit for the morning. And I am most definitely a morning person. Um, five thirty every morning, uh, even weekends most of the time. I'm usually up by six, even though I don't have an alarm set. I kind of give myself a break, but that internal alarm clock gets me up about five thirty, anyways. And uh, yeah, I know I realize not everybody's like that, but uh, that's how I am, and it, it works for me. And uh, for those of y'all that are night owls and get your stuff done then, hey, more power to you. <laughs> that ain't me. But uh, you know, just as long as you're getting your stuff done, whatever works. <clears throat> so, um, okay, let's see. Why am I doing this podcast? Well, um, I want to have the discussions, you know. Uh the I, I you know, I try to uh not click on the on the bait on Facebook and get involved in uh these you know crazy reactive discussions that are going on that you know seem right down you know party lines or or there's only two perspectives and people are you know so reactive and emotional about it and uh, just unable to detach and i think ego has a lot to do with <clears throat> having a position and uh, not yielding that position and just going off and you know i've heard of uh, people losing friends you know over this stupid stuff and uh, you know, that's just not cool. You know, I I think most people mean well, uh, but we got to open our minds and, you know, uh, I know I spend much less time on Facebook now than I used to, especially during election time, because I I did get pulled into that stuff for a little bit. Um, I was emotional and, you know, thought, uh, thought my way was a better way. I guess I'll put it that way. I mean, I still think it is. (laughs) That's why it's my way, but, uh, you know, and hopefully everybody thinks that way. Um, if you don't think your way is the best way, then change your way. Uh, so anyways, uh, yeah, you know, with Facebook and their algorithms and all that, once I realized, you know, and I know nothing about how their algorithms work. All I know is the more you click on something, the more data is collected about yourself and the more stuff they put in front of your face, because that's what kind of stuff you're into. So, obviously there's echo chambers that get created because people click on the stuff they like and then they end up just hearing you know the reinforcements from you know the stuff they like um and that that doesn't broaden your horizons one bit um you know and especially now in in what i truly believe is kind of a post-truth era you know where the truth doesn't matter so much anymore and i think that's That's another reason why I'm starting this podcast. It's like what what is the truth? What you know, let's have these discussions and let's uh, you know, look at the studies that have been put out, you know, and not be reactionary. Um, so like, hey, you you've got a good point. Um, you can back up that point. Here's some evidence for that point. Hey, that's rad. Um, change my mind. I love getting my mind changed because you know what, that means I'm learning. Um, if I believe the same thing. 10 years from now that I believe now then I have not grown. And, you know, that goes for anybody out there. And I think, uh, you know, the purpose of life is to grow and learn. And and if you have kids or even if you don't have kids, you know, you got a community that you can, um, you know, pass those those lessons on to hopefully. Because that's, that's what I think is also the ultimate goal here is we need to better the community. Um, I think we've been kind of going backwards here for a little bit. And uh, I know I've been kind of called, and I don't want to say that in like a religious way, but just within my own spirit, you know, my own uh, motivation to, you know, make a podcast, you know, and, and spread the word a little bit about how I, how I perceive the world. And, uh, you know, it's not just going to be me on here. Um, this is probably the only one that I'll do by myself because I'm pretty pretty boring but uh <laughs> um you know we're going to go into some pretty cool um we're going to talk about some pretty cool stuff with some pretty cool people that know a lot um about these things or at least have really interesting perspectives and um i'm going to try to get all perspectives not just you know left to right it's like okay let's let's get somebody who's you know maybe a little cuckoo left and somebody a little cuckoo right and Somebody little cuckoo that's, you know, doesn't uh, apply to either. And let's see what they have to say. And, uh, you know, at least it'll be entertaining. Um, and you know, you're going to be surprised if you keep your mind open, um, about some of the logic and sense that some of these people make on, on every side and every perspective. And I'm really going to try to stay away from, from just the two sides. Cause, um, you know, there's, there's so much stuff out there, so many, uh, belief systems and, and, uh, ways of thinking about things logically, but that, uh, you know, they can really open your mind if you let it, uh, get in there. And and then you make your decision, you know, not saying you have to, you have to have your mind changed, but at least understand the point. Um, it's free speech, right? And, uh, what was that Voltaire back in 1700s, wherever he lived said, uh, I disagree with what you're saying, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Um, And uh, I really like that saying. Anyways, rambling on here. (coughs) Tell you a little bit about myself and then uh, kind of what we have planned. Um, Yeah, and you know the purpose for the podcast. Let's have the discussions, you know. Um, It's going to help me think about things. It's going to help you think about things. It's going to make us all more aware. um, And uh, that's going to better our community. And you know, on a a very selfish note, this stuff's going to be available for my daughter. So she can kind of get to know me a little bit better. I have no idea. You know, I haven't been a parent of a teenage girl yet. uh, So (laughs) it may be a little difficult to to talk to her. Um, You know, so at least uh, when she wants to, she can uh, listen to what I have to think and why I say the things I say and think the way I do. And and, uh, hopefully get a little more understanding, um, of where I come from and why. So, uh, all right, here we go. Um, let me see. I was born on a very snowy day on February 27th, 1977 in uh, steamboat, Colorado. So, uh, that's ski town, USA, the U S ski team, U S Olympic ski team trains there. Um, and, uh, the way the story goes, my dad found out my mom was in labor and, uh, was driving Brownie, our 75 Chevy van, uh, down the road and ran off the road and into a snowbank or something like that. And, you know, eventually made it to the hospital, but that's how excited he was. <laughs> so you know, it's very uh, stormy weather. Um, so uh yeah, I stayed in steamboat till I was like two years old. My parents ended up splitting. My mom moved out to California, my dad moved down to Durango, Colorado. Um kind of had the best of both worlds at that point. My mom lived, uh, kind of Pismo beach area, Grover city road, grande, those little cities around there, central coast of California. And I was a, I was a total beach kid, man. Um, my hair got blonde. It looked like a towhead. My, uh, skin got dark and, you know, plenty of pictures of me, you know, in the, in the Oceano dunes, you know, um, we had a little paddle tire dune buggy and, remember getting sand in my eyes, sitting in the back of that thing, and man, that was the most painful thing I think I've experienced up until then, getting sand in my eyes in in the Oceano Dunes, but yeah, and then of course in Colorado, uh, my dad moving down to Durango, spent the summers there, so no school, and just, uh, you know, enjoyed the outdoor life, and uh, it was amazing, Um, climbing mountains, you know, I've been back there a few years ago, and how small the little valley we lived in and I remember when I was a little kid just how big everything looked we had a little cliff across the across the county road from where we lived that a lot of rock climbers would go climb that cliff and it seemed like it touched the sky and I always thought when I was a kid it was gonna you know fall down and crush our house <laughs> but now I go look at that cliff and it's it's like maybe 40 feet high it's you know it's it's not that menacing anymore but it's just amazing how big things are when you're a kid um you know, and that's, it's, we're going to, we're going to talk about some of that stuff too. Just, uh, you know, childhood and parenting and, you know, reverting back to getting your kids off of screen time, getting them outdoors. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think kids need to get a couple scars when they're kids, you know, from, from playing and horsing around and having fun and exploring the world. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, those are the things I remember. Those are the things that, you know, when I reminisce about being a kid and kind of want to go back to, it's it's the outdoor stuff, the camping with my dad and, and uh you know, walking across beaver dams and playing in the snow and stuff like that. I know I had a lot of screen time because I remember waking up uh, four in the morning and watching my cartoons until it was time to get ready for school. And that was probably about an hour or two <laughs> every morning of, you know, cartoons, but you know, I don't remember any of that stuff. Um, What I remember is the stuff being outside. So, you know, obviously kids nowadays have a lot less outdoors time. Uh, I think parents, I think there's a lot more helicopter parenting going on. And, you know, people are afraid of their kids getting hurt or getting kidnapped or something like that. And I I don't know. I mean, yeah, horrible things happen. Um, But as Jordan Peterson would say, and we'll talk about this guy, too. You can either protect your kids or you can prepare your kids. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely on the, you know, you got to have a good balance of both. But if you don't prepare your kids, then you're not protecting your kids because that world is going to hit you at some point. And if you ain't ready for it, it's going to suck you up. And we're seeing a lot of that um, when that kind of stuff happens, when kids get outside of the house and they aren't prepared, you know, and, and really bad stuff can happen so we'll explore all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I had the best of both worlds as a kid, nothing too crazy. Mom was a bit of a partier. Dad was uh, your typical, very hardworking construction worker. He was an electrician. And, uh, eventually when work dried up in Colorado, he had to move out to California too. So I spent uh, all my time in California since then until I joined the Marine Corps. my mom, uh, being the partier that she was, got into some pretty hardcore drugs, including heroin. Uh, my mother was a heroin addict. And uh, when I was in junior high, um, Child Protective Services took my two sisters away and, and myself at the time. And I went to go live with my dad, obviously. And my two sisters were taken away and ended up going back east to live in uh, in uh, Maryland and Georgia. And they ended up having a really good uh, upbringing with my stepdad's uh, um Siblings is who raised them and they're both doing pretty well now and uh, I'm doing well. So things turned out. Okay Uh, Mom ended up passing away Um, When was that 1996 I believe I was 19 Um, she did I Guess win her battle with heroin. She she did kick it Um, however, the damage that was done to her heart by that time was uh, it was pretty bad. She had a triple bypass surgery I think multiple times. I don't know, but she had a stroke eventually. And, uh, I think she died day after Christmas, 1996. That's right. Um, so I was in the Marine Corps at that time, uh, got a red, the uh, dreaded red cross message and, uh, you know, found out my mom had died and it, it, to tell you the truth, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't unexpected. Uh, when I did see in the, when you're in the military and, you know, it's, it's kind of like, oh, there's a telegram for you, you know, back in the old days, you see in the movies. Well now, or at least when I was in, they'd be like, oh, you have a red cross message. And if somebody got a red cross message, that means something bad went down at home. And, uh, you're most likely your unit's going to let you go home. So when I got that red cross message, I was like, you know, before I even knew what it was, I was like, "Ah, either my grandfather died because, you know, he's old and grandpa and grandpas die or, uh, my mom died. And, uh, it was the latter. So um like I said, not unexpected. Uh dealt with that when I was nineteen. So you know, we can talk about that as well. Um I'm not like sad about it or anything. I think it's just something that uh happens in life and uh happened in mine, just like it does a lot of other people's. So we'll talk about that. You see, so like I said, I was uh in California after after my dad got out here. Um, High school didn't do well at all. Um, probably did not even technically make grades to graduate, but I was in the poolie program to uh, join the Marine Corps. Had my boot camp date 10 days after graduation. So I think uh, some of my uh, teachers just kind of passed me. <laughs> said, hey, uh, at least you have a plan. Get going. Get out of here. School's not your thing. So uh, I think out of a class graduating class of 250, I must've been like number 249, something ridiculous like that. So, uh, I didn't miss class. I just didn't do homework. And I, I was lazy. Um, I actually like going to school. I like getting out of the house, um, high school. Oh, um, we'll talk about my stepmom at some point. <laughs> it's a, uh, interesting topic. Uh, yeah we'll, we'll we'll talk about that sometime but uh yeah high school was not fun a lot of people for a lot of people it's not fun but we'll, we'll talk about uh we'll talk about that a little bit um, what did I do in high school? went to class didn't do work didn't make grades a lot of times so that I could play sports and I was played football well I practiced football I was a horrible football player and uh, did not play much at all but I was at practice <laughs> I was on the team and uh wrestler. And, um, wrestling was kind of my sport. Uh, I was pretty good in practice. I was actually, you know, not a bad wrestler. Uh, however, that, um, did not transition to the mat. And, uh, I'll tell you what, I was a little intimidated every time I went out there on the mat. I mean, you know, so my record wasn't that great. Um, after I, uh, after I finished my senior year, my coach did give me the coach's award though, which, uh, was really a shock to me because I just, you know, I wasn't, I didn't do very well. Um, but, uh, and we had a really good team, you know, we, uh, we had some guys or yeah, two guys, the Ariaga brothers both went to state. Randy Velarde went to state, um, and placed all these kids They're They were really good. Um, so, and of course they, you know, they're the MVPs and all that, but, uh, yeah, I was really surprised to get that award, and uh, I don't know. Talk about that, too, in the mindset and how the Marine Corps changed that for me and kind of gave me a more aggressive mindset, which uh, is a little better for me now that I'm in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> and we'll talk about the gentle art jiu-jitsu. That's what that means. Literally, the literal, tran- literal translation is the gentle art. And uh, is my new love as far as activities goes. Um all right. So joined the Marines, uh, got stationed in Hawaii, which was awesome. Um, I just asked for those orders, traded some guy that, you know, was from, uh, North Carolina he wanted to go home and I had orders in North Carolina and he had orders to Hawaii and we just switched orders. So I spent my first three years in Hawaii, met some really, really awesome guys, uh, had a lot of fun there. One of the best periods of my life. <clears throat> and, uh, and uh, then i got accepted to a program called the marine security guard program where uh, i was actually one of the marine guards of the u.s embassies Um, so that's it's a pretty cool prestigious uh, program there and uh, did that for just short of three years i was in conakry guinea which is in western africa um, and san jose costa rica which, uh, so you get a bad post and you get a good post. Now they have three posts. I don't know how that works, but back when I was in, um, however good your first post was, that's how bad your last post was and, uh, vice versa. So if you had a really bad first post and you got a really good second post. And, uh, so coming out of school, MSG school, Marine Security Guard school, I chose the absolute worst place that was on the, uh, Was on the map there. And a few guys did that. Um, One guy went to Monrovia, Liberia, which I think was my first choice. And then, you know, (laughs) Liberia, man, we'll talk about that place. Um, That place is still a mess. Uh, There's a couple really good VICE um, uh, embedded. I don't want to say embedded, but a few people go into VICE and or from VICE go and report about that. Something came out in, what, 2012 or 14 when they did that documentary. It's really eye-opening. I mean, we're talking, they still got cannibalism over there and stuff like that. It's nuts. Um, and uh Conacher Guinea is right next to that. So a lot of my English-speaking friends, because uh, Guinea is a French-speaking country, but a lot of my English-speaking friends were refugees from Sierra Leone and Liberia. Uh, Sierra Leone, if you've seen the, mo- uh, the movie Blood Diamond, that's... Uh, is also along with Liberia is one of the really hard hit countries in West Africa during the diamond Wars. And, uh, that movie blood diamond, I was in Guinea, which was the country that, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was trying to get to in that movie. I was in the country that year in 1999, um, where that movie was, uh, was based on, I thought they did a really good job with it too. Um, you know, definitely met a lot of, uh, South African, um, mercenaries and things like that and those guys were hardcore and the only guys that i knew that had seen combat because you know we didn't have any big wars going on and these guys would strap little eight uh, millimeter cameras to their helmets and and uh, film their footage you know of them uh, defending diamond mines and whatever the hell they were doing it's pretty crazy so uh that was obviously an interesting experience and you know i do want to talk about kind of the third world um I've, uh, had the opportunity to actually live among the third world or in the third world among, um, you know, people who just literally at their bottom of the barrel. I mean, you're talking major deformities by a large amount of population, rampant disease, um, lifespans of, you know, 40 some odd years old expected life, uh, life expectancies in really, really terrible places, pollution like you've never seen, uh, very, very crazy. Um, so I want to gather maybe one or two other people that have lived in places like that. Uh, perhaps a Peace Corps volunteer, man, talk about respect for Peace Corps volunteers. Um, or somebody who's just been in an area like that and, you know, not, not Iraq, not in combat, you know, but just someplace that's always like that. That's always, uh, you know, just in really bad straits all the time. Wow. We've been going for 23 minutes already. Sorry guys. Um, I'll speed this up a little bit. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, kind of the third world. Um, after I got back from Africa, uh, September 11th, cut my, uh, embassy time short by a little bit. And, uh, I, uh, came back to the infantry. That's what I did in the Marine Corps. I was infantry with, uh, one, three in Hawaii. And then I came back to three, five after my MSG stint and, uh, ended up going to Iraq with those guys. Definitely going to do it. And, uh, episode um, and I think who I'm going to request to bring in there is a uh, Doc Parnackian um, and, you know, and maybe another guy or two, but uh, our corpsman, you know, U.S. Navy the Marine Corps does not have their own medics. They, uh, they uh, use Navy guys, Navy personnel as their medics and call them corpsman. Um, but that guy has the best uh, memory of actions that took place on the you know, in theater, in combat. So I want to bring him in here and, you know, it always blows my mind just how much that guy remembers. Cause I don't remember anything. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, a lot of that, a lot of my combat experience is completely blacked out. I have little, uh, you know, little snippets here and there, but what I could tell you that I remember in combat would probably take up good two minutes. So we'll let, uh, Doc Porno, that's what we call him. Uh, we'll let Doc Parnacki and and uh, maybe some other guys that have a little better memory than I do talk about that, and um, and hopefully that'll be good. So after that had a you know transition, I went through a really bad veteran transition. My weekend back from Iraq, got a DUI. I was the, the one guy, one of the few guys that had a vehicle on base. I stored my vehicle on base, so of course when we all get back, hey Donnelly's got uh, he's got a car. Let's go out and party. Of course we haven't drank in however many months we were gone. And, uh, yeah, I got a DUI, so stupid. Um, I was on my way out of the Marine Corps anyway, so the Marine Corps didn't do anything. I didn't lose rank or anything like that. Um, they just let me go get dealt with in the uh, civilian system, which they did. Obviously got charged, uh, and convicted of, uh, driving under the influence. So, um, not a, not a good start to my veterans transition and, uh, probably the worst point in my life, um, was the few months or years probably wow probably a couple years actually a little over a year just was at a really low point um ended up going to school uh my boy uh peter swing i'll get him on here super smart cat um he got out a little bit before me i met him on msg and uh he ended up going to berkeley and uh kind of walked me through the whole getting your education using the gi bill thing. And uh, if I, you know, I I didn't even plan on going to college after I got out. So it wasn't for him. Hey, my life would be in a completely different place than it is now. Can't say better or worse. It would be different. Um, more than likely it would have been worse. So I owe that guy a lot. We'll have him on here. He actually heads what they call the Berkeley school down in San Jose, Costa Rica, uh, where I met him on MSG. Like I said, he ended up marrying, um, A good friend of ours, uh, and they have kids now, and he lives happily ever after down in Costa Rica as the head of school, um, the head of the school that they have down there. So, uh, great leader, um, very intelligent guy, uh, and we'll hear from him, I'm sure. Um, So, let me see. Ended up climbing out of that hole, um, and Finally transferred to San Diego State University in 2006, and this is where things really started to pick up, um, due to the uh, suggestion of a gentleman named Michael Kilmer, who is uh, pretty high up in the in the VA now. Um, when I was transferring to San Diego State, he said, "Hey, you know, there's uh, there's no veterans representation over there. Like, you should start a." a club or something, start some type of organization for veterans, student veterans over there. So I'm like, all right, give me something to do. Literally the first uh, semester I got to San Diego state, founded the student veteran organization. And, um, when I start doing videos, cause there's going to be videos accompanying of my bar. Uh, this is, we're recording from what we call Tom and Lamar's pub, <laughs> which is my downstairs basement bar. But, uh, I have a cool seal kind of right behind me um, that I'll position the cameras when we start doing interviews, but a student veteran organization. Um, many of you know what this is, those of you that are close to me, but uh, it started out as a, um, you know, a, a student veteran representation thing, you know, and, and the whole idea was to kind of recreate the camaraderie that we had in the military, which was it's always the number one thing that people miss coming out of the military is that camaraderie. Um, so that was one of the main things we wanted to do, just kind of hang out with like-minded people. Uh, we used to watch a lot of UFC fights at people's houses. Um, you know, uh, we used to do ocean swims, you know, kind of cool stuff like that, uh, camping trips, things like that. But also the other thing was to help each other get through and to navigate the VA system with, uh, you know, education benefits and, um, uh, You know, health benefits, things like that. And that ended up blowing up big time. And what I mean by that is we got national recognition, um, you know, within a year of what we were doing. Got the president, President Weber of San Diego State, really jumped on board with that. Um, And uh, eventually in 2008, um, you know, I guess there was a lot of these organizations starting to pop up around the nation. And uh, got a call from a dude named Derek Blumke up at University of Michigan, and uh, he's like, "Hey man, um, heard what you guys doing at San Diego State. Uh, we're kind of doing the same thing up here at a at a University of Michigan." He's like, "Let's do a uh, national organization, an umbrella organization, and uh, you know, let's let's fight for these things on the uh, on the national level." And uh, I'm like, "Hey, cool. I'm all in. I was super motivated that time. Um, I was going." I was part of a uh, business organization, a business fraternity called AK where they do business leadership. And, you know, everybody was really motivated doing all these extracurricular things. And, and uh, you know, I had all the energy in the world back then. I have no idea how I did it. I was carrying a full load of uh, college courses, uh, working, and I would do these extracurricular things, um, you know, and party. I had to get my party in, and it was college, you know. So, <laughs> um I have no idea how I got through that, but my grades were really good. I think I ended up graduating with a 3.6 or 7 or something like that. Maybe not that high. Maybe it was 3.4. I don't remember. Um, But, uh, yeah, I was up at night sometimes till midnight, 1 in the morning, doing these extracurricular things and or partying um, and working at the same time. So. You know, I didn't party that much. I wasn't, like, drunk all the time. Don't worry. <laughs> kind of overblown that. But weekends were definitely uh, definitely fun. Um, and still got all this stuff done. So we founded in January of 2008 the Student Veterans of America. And uh, we wrote the little constitution there um, over a six-pack of beers in a hotel room in Chicago. It was pretty cool. So we'll, we'll do some episodes about uh, veteran services and, and transition and things like that. Um, let me see. So, graduated from SDSU, actually applied to Harvard Business School, obviously did not get in, um, but that was fun. It was a a cool experience applying to uh, Harvard Business School. Went back there for a week, uh, sat in some classes, met some professors and students and, uh, you know, it was was a pretty good time. Um, Nobody, yeah because we all kept in touch, you know, they, they go in these little groups of people of prospective students. And, uh, I think there's like eight or 10 of us, you know, from all over the country. Some really, really impressive people. And And, uh, none of us even got a second interview. So that's how selective that process was. Um, so I ended up going to San Diego state, getting my MBA after that. Um, and, uh, made it through that. Can't say I was the best student, but I graduated and, um, to go work, met my girlfriend Jen, and a few years later, uh, we had uh, we had my daughter, um, Abigail Ray, um, Abigail Father's Joy, and we spell it the Gaelic spelling in Ray R E I. That's Japanese for spirit, and we mean like gumption, like uh, you know, like uh, motivation, spirit, you know. Um, so that's that's her name, and absolutely the best thing that's ever happened to me. And uh, those of you that are parents out there, you know what I'm talking about. Um, had to have some friends, or I mean, had some friends definitely tell me, you know, how great it was being a being a father or a parent. And uh, like, yeah, yeah, sounds pretty cool, you know. But then once it happens, man, your whole life changes. Um, I know, God, I'm such a better person now because of her, just because, you know, doing stuff like this. Um, you know, I want to, uh, I want the world to be better because of me for her, I guess is a, is a good way to put it. Um, you know, it's pretty selfish, but, uh, you know, I want the world to be a better place for my family. Uh, no, it's, um, uh, it's, it's just the right thing to do. And you, you learn a lot about, okay, what is the right thing to do? I guess if you're a good parent, there's crappy parents out there, that's for sure. Um, if that's not how you feel, you're probably not the best parent, you know, um, you, you want the absolute best for your kids. And if you know what the, what the best for your kids is, it's, it's including, you know, the community around your kids. Um, you want the world to be a better place for them so they don't have a tough time. And, uh, like I said before, I think, unfortunately, we're going backwards a bit, but things have to get bad before they get better. Um, you know, cause people get complacent and, uh, you know, the greatest generation. Why are they the greatest generation? Because they went through world war two and a depression, you know, they went through some really hairy, bad stuff, which built their character. And, uh, you know, they rose above it and kind of put us in the, in the position where we were a, a good position. Um, and unfortunately people get complacent and uh, we kind of slip back a little bit and, you know, it may get worse. I, I hope it doesn't get much worse, but you know, you're starting to see, new leaders of the community um, starting to pop up with really the right intentions of uh, kind of fixing things. (laughs) And uh, hopefully, you know, um, hopefully I can help with that. You know, I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, I'm some great leader that's going to save everybody, but hopefully, you know, we, I, you, people listening to this podcast um, and of course, everybody else in the world, hopefully, have good intentions and kind of want to improve things on a, uh, kind of on a community behalf, whether it is for selfish reasons. My, my reasons are selfish. I want my daughter to have a better world than what we have now. Um, if that's your selfish reason, more power to you. Um, just know that it's it's, you can't, you know, retract into isolationism and let the world go to hell and think that your kids are going to have a better go at it. It doesn't work that way. Um, you can definitely prepare your kids, but you also want to make the community and the world around them better so that they don't have to prepare them, but they shouldn't have to, right? All right, so um, where are we at? We're getting close to uh, current, current times. Like I said before, I found, uh, found jiu-jitsu. We're going to talk a little bit about jujitsu um, and how that has made me also a better person all around. Uh, it's made me fit, definitely. Um, makes me watch my diet because I know that if I eat like crap and I get out there on the mats, I'm going to start gassing uh, and that sucks. So, and it just makes you think it's, it's like a, uh, what did I hear on Rogan the other day? He's, he's also, he's a jiu-jitsu black belt, Gracie jujitsu black belt, which is really good. Um, He said jujitsu is making complex decisions under Extreme duress, like constantly making uh, complex decisions under extreme duress, and it really is. I mean, you're sitting there, and it's the same with uh, wrestling in high school. Um, you know, you got to figure out while this other dude's trying to kill you, you know, how to not get killed and how to kill him. <laughs> and I don't want to say kill; it's obviously, you know, you're not trying to kill each other, but you're trying to submit the other person. And and the you know the the real world purpose of that, you're trying to get him in a position where you could kill him if you, if you had to. Um, so it's, it's, uh, you know, it's obviously we're jujitsu players and I'm just a white belt. I'm not like any type of, uh, awesome jujitsu player, but, uh, you know, that, that it's, it's great for self-defense. As soon as Abby is four years old, she's getting on those mats and I really, really hope she likes it. She doesn't like it. Obviously I'm not going to force her to do it, but I'm going to do everything within my power to get her to love that. So, not only will she be able to protect herself, but, you know, she's going to learn discipline and respect and and uh, confidence. I mean, you got a kid in jiu-jitsu, you know, regularly, and they have a good coach. They are going to be exceptional children, and I don't really know any exception to that. Um, it's just a great thing. So, obviously, I'll get off the jiu-jitsu knob here. We'll save that for another episode. And I'll get some people in here who are much better than I do. Maybe my coach, um, have him talk about it. <clears throat> so some of the other episodes we're going to do, we're going to obviously get into some parenting. Um, we're going to talk about Africa, like I said, combat experience, military veterans issues, uh, post traumatic stress, um, fitness, diet, ooh, uh, religion. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna get on the topic of religion and politics and current events, all that controversial stuff. Those are going to be the interesting ones. So, um, you know, I've got a, a lot of really, really intelligent people from all different perspectives that, uh, have great reasons for believing the things that they do and, uh, you know, believing what they think is, is the right way. And, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to hear from all of them and it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and don't worry, we're not going to, you know, start arguing and, and do all that stuff. Like I said, the whole purpose of this thing is to kind of open people's minds and and present things logically. We're going to have references um, as as often as possible. If somebody makes a statement, um, they're going to be able to back it up. You know, with with either studies or or um, you know, I guess studies. I mean, or you know, fact checking things like that. Um, we're not just going to sit here and and make up things and talk about things and then uh, not have any backup for them. So my goal is for anything that you uh, hear here or see here, because we're going to do videos of this too, uh, is going to be backed up and factual. uh, Because if we don't have the truth, we don't have anything. Um, So I wonder if you guys can hear my dogs barking at the neighbor's dogs right now. (laughs) Hopefully not. But um, yeah, uh, we're going to back our shit up. So that, uh, you know, you may have a different perspective on how and why you believe the way you do. But one thing about this podcast is if we do it right, you will not be able to, um, you know, say that what we what we put out there is not true. That is uh, one of my main goals. Um, Okay, Hey, talk about some sports a little bit. You know, football season comes around or, or baseball playoffs start coming around maybe talk a little bit of sports. Um, aside from the Denver Broncos in the NFL, I really don't know much. Uh, I'm a casual fan after that. Um, let me see. We're going to talk about psychology. Um, you know, I loved my major in, in college, but psychology would have also been really cool. I've been getting into, uh, Jordan Peterson, Sam Harris a lot lately. Um, more so Jordan Peterson. Uh, you know, and, and I think he gets a pretty bad rap. Uh, people think he's kind of, uh, you know, a spokesperson for the alt-right and all this when actually he's, he's, he leans a, a bit to the left. Um, but what he does do is he's, he's calculating and, and, and he thinks before he speaks. And, uh, he's really, uh, piqued my interest lately. Read, uh, read his book, 12 rules for life. Um, you know, I'm not reading his other book. It's way too dense for me, (laughs) but, um, what is that maps of meaning, but, uh, definitely, um, kind of heard him speak about that. And, uh, you know, just, man, that guy just blows my mind. Um, going all the way back through the anthropological history of us and, you know, mankind and, you know, how we developed and why we think the way we think. And that's uh super, super interesting. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit and, uh, Sam Harris. And obviously they, uh, you know, they have their, their conversations, which are interesting. Uh, I agree and disagree with the things both of them say. Um, so I'm not, you know, just a, oh my God, whatever this guy says has to be truth type of thing. No, I, uh, You know, as with anything I try to do these days, I really try to think about, you know, the logic behind it, you know, and and for things I don't understand, I am going to defer to the experts, you know, I am going to defer to the psychological experts like Jordan Peterson, you know, I don't understand quantum mechanics. So when uh, Stephen Hawking, you know, if he had something to say about quantum mechanics, I'm going to believe him instead of myself, because I don't know anything about quantum mechanics. Um, So I do defer to the experts on a lot of things. And I I try to research as much as I can myself. Um, And you know what, I'll, I'll, what I will do as well, like I do with Jordan Peterson or anybody else, um, if they make a statement, I will go see what everybody else has to say about that statement. And, um, you know, I think things are, you know, if somebody says, oh, this is the way it is. And then somebody goes, ah, it's not the way it is because of this. You know, that's, that's when you go, Oh, maybe it's not that way. So usually if uh, somebody says something controversial, there's plenty of other people that will jump right on them and give their perspective. And that's good. That's uh, what the peer review process, right? So um, I think it's awesome that that kind of stuff happens. And I try to read as many perspectives on whatever point people are trying to make um, so that I can uh, make my own decision or make the decision that the decision hasn't been made. You know, that, that we don't know the truth yet. And that's fine too. You don't have to have the answer at all times. Um, let me see. Okay. So we'll talk about that kind of stuff. Um, ooh, this one will be interesting and I'm sure controversial, but drugs. And I'm talking recreational drugs, uh, everything from marijuana to LSD, cocaine, uh, mind expanding drugs, uh, ayahuasca, stuff that uh, people are starting to get into, I guess. And I'll, I'll be clear right now, I don't do drugs. Um, I'm a government contractor. It is strictly forbidden for me. And, um, you know, I will not risk uh, the income for my family by doing something stupid like that. Um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, I, I truly don't believe all drugs are bad. And uh, I know I have a lot of very intelligent, very successful friends that are very, um, I don't want to say very into drugs. It's not like their entire life, but you know, they, they participate in these things, um, to make what they believe, uh, make their life better. And we all know about medical marijuana, but I'm I'm talking about other things like, uh, you know, LSD or ayahuasca or something like that, um, where they seems like they have kind of these out-of-body experiences and, um, I don't even want to put it that way because I don't know. Um, I'll let them explain it, but basically getting a lot of positive things from ingesting these substances and, uh, things that help them figure out, you know, (laughs) why things are, or figure out things in life and they're able to bring that back into their sober state. And it's, it's, it's interesting nonetheless, very interesting. So, um, you know, I've, I've got some friends that are open, openly do these things, and I'm sure I'm more than willing to come talk about it. So, uh, in a very intelligent manner, uh, <laughs> essential oils. So, uh, this is good stuff. Um, you know, I'm not plugging them at all. Uh, Jen, my girlfriend is, uh, she does the doTERRA thing. Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty interesting to see her do that. And obviously I get the benefits of, of using essential oils. And, uh, as a matter of fact, doTERRA also does this super krill stuff, um, that I take every morning and, uh, you know, it's also like brain food and for my joints and stuff like that. And definitely has made me feel better. I I think clear, have a lot more energy, um, you know, and and put that together with jujitsu and, and a healthy diet, man, I'm 41. I feel like I'm 25, I'm doing podcasts on Saturday mornings at six 30, you know, um, it's pretty cool. Um, I feel really good. So I want, I definitely want to pass that on to everybody. Um, uh, let's see, we're going to talk about vaccines. Um, we do have a child with autism, Jen's son, Aiden, who's 11 now has autism. And, um, it looks like it's, uh, It may be directly related to the MMR vaccine Um, just based on the timeline of when he got his vaccines um, literature out there. You know, this one's going to be super, super controversial. And I already know that. Um, And I'm not saying that vaccines cause the autism. Um, And I don't think anybody out there worth their salt says that yet. Um, I think what the thing is right now is. They have not done a legit double blind study between children with autism or vaccinated children and then unvaccinated children and measured the uh, rates of autism. They, the CDC has not done that. And that's kind of like the uh, the whole thing. That's what everybody wants them to do. So that, you know, they can say, hey, do unvaccinated kids um, have lower rates of autism? You know? Uh, and the doctors that have gathered this data, um, some of the doctors that have gathered this data on uh, with a very small sample size, obviously I think the biggest one is maybe 3000 or something like that. But uh, the data that they've collected thus far seems to show that uh, unvaccinated children are much more healthy um, as far as rates of autism and things like that. And there's, there's different, there's the CDC plan, obviously. Um, there's a modified CDC plan and then there's no vaccinations at all. So we'll, we'll get into that kind of stuff. We'll get into autism as well. I don't know much about that either other than, you know, living with a child with autism in the family. So obviously I experienced it, but I don't know too much about, um, I guess, the science behind what autism is. I know it's a brain inflammation. Um, I've heard one scientist call it uh, mind blindness, and uh, he kind of says uh, that people with autism look at other people as objects and not as people or tend to, I don't want to, want to, you know, say anything wrong here, but people with autism tend to look at other people as objects, you know, just like they would uh, a TV on your wall or, or a couch in the room. Um, they kind of classify them in the same manner instead of as a soul, I guess. Um, and I'm sure that, that, is different with everybody and how far along they are in the spectrum and things like that. But I've heard that been said. I thought that was really interesting and I'll, I'll get that scientist and, and, uh, you know, talk about that too. Um, yeah. And then, uh, wealth investing, we've been really lucky. Um, we own three homes. We rent out two of them. Um, and, uh, so, you know, we're going to talk about at least in, from my perspective, I I would, I want to have an episode on kind of investments and how to get wealthy. Um, You know, and I think the best way, well, not the best way, the best way for me is uh, through real estate. And, uh, you know, I don't, I know that I don't have to worry about Abby's future um, as far as money goes, because uh, all of our houses will be paid off by then. And uh, plus we'll have retirement and, you know, uh, she'll have a good start in, we're not she's definitely going to raise her to where she has to, you know, earn her own way, but she's also not going to have to climb up from literally nothing. You know, um, she's going to have a good start and have all the opportunity for her. And, uh, we're going to teach her to take advantage of that and expand it. Um, so that's about it. You know, for those of you that have, uh, man, we're going on an hour already. That's crazy. For those of you that are here, for this uh, for this hour here. Man, I really appreciate it. I have no idea how this is going to go. I hope it goes well. Uh, I never thought I could sit here and just talk about um what we're going to do on the podcast and myself here for an hour, but I just did. It's uh just after 7:30 and uh I think that's awesome. So hopefully you guys found some stuff interesting. Hopefully you're looking forward to the podcast and uh you know, I've got some guy doing some cool cover art. I've got another guy it's gonna make some good intro music, and um, you know I have a lot of uh, people that want to be on as guests, and um, so it's it should be a lot of fun. If you want to be on as a guest, if you know a lot about something or want to talk about something, um, you know, shoot me a line. Say, hey, dude, let me come down to Tom and the Mars. Let's uh, you know pour a glass of whiskey and talk about this topic. And we don't have to drink, obviously. And that I, I actually hardly ever drink anymore, but. Uh, not opposed to it, you know. Um, A little bit of alcohol gets the creative juices flowing sometimes. And, uh, yeah, we can talk about whatever you want. And we can go as long as you want. If you just want to talk about something super interesting for 15 minutes, hey, let's do it. That'll be a a little quick one. Um, If it goes off for three hours like Rogan or something like that, hey, then uh, I guess we had a really, really good one. Anyways, uh, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. So, again, thanks for listening to the Indomitable Spirit Podcast. Indomitable Spirit. Why did I name it that? Inconquerable, Unconquerable Spirit. All right? That's what indomitable means. Um, You know, I I don't know. We'll talk about it. So, uh, have a good one. Uh, Beat yesterday. You know, as long as you improve on yesterday, then you're doing well. Take the baby steps and... You'll uh, be super surprised at how far you are in a year. All right? So beat yesterday. You all take care. Fair winds following seas. Be safe out there. All that other good stuff. Nathaniel Donnelly signing off.